Hello and welcome to the Beef Edge, the Chagas Beef Podcast, for all your latest news, information and advice for Irish beef farmers. I'm Catherine Egan and with rising costs of fertiliser, farmers are questioning if clover has a role to play on beef farms and is it an option on their farm. On this week's episode, I'm joined by Chagas researcher Deirdre Hennessy to discuss top tips for sowing and managing clover. Deirdre, you're very welcome. Does clover have a role on beef farms? Clover definitely has a role on beef farms. Um, Indeed, it has a role on all ruminant production systems that are based in grassland. The main advantage of uh, having clover in your sward for the beef farmer is that it fixes nitrogen from the atmosphere. um, And basically, you have a free source of nitrogen into your sward. And the the other main advantage of having clover in your sward is that it offers a high quality feed. And when clover starts to increase in the sward from May, June onwards, that's often when we see a dip in grass quality. Um, And as a result, you can see a slowing in live weight gain for beef animals. But we know that when you have clover in the sward, the feed quality, so the quality of the herbage, that's the grass and the clover mix that the cow cow or the growing um, animal is eating remains higher. So the milk production for the suckler cow will be of high quality and good yield and the live weight gain for the beef animal will continue on an increasing plane without taking that dip that we can see sometimes in the June-July period. So there's multiple benefits for having clover in the sward, Deirdre. How does clover actually work? It has a good relationship with bacteria that exist in the soil called rhizobia bacteria. And how that relationship works is that The bacteria infect um, the hairs on the roots of the clover plant and they form nodules. So basically, if you dug up a clover plant, Catherine, and you looked at the roots, you'd see these little, almost like little balls or little lumps attached to the root, to the root of the plant. Um, And inside those um, nodules, there is the rhizobia bacteria. The plant, the clover plant, supplies that bacteria with energy. So basically, as the plant grows, um, it's photosynthesizing. So that means it's capturing energy from light and that's converting it into energy for growth in the form of sugars and so on. And it makes that available for the uh, rhizobia bacteria. And then the bacteria have enough energy to fix um, nitrogen from the atmosphere. So basically, they're trapping the um, nitrogen and converting it into a form that can be used by the plant. So initially then the clover plant will use that nitrogen for growth, but over time there'll be um, enough nitrogen circulating in the soil from clover that's breaking down in the soil um, that it will you will see a benefit in terms of grass production. So the nitrogen that is fixed by the clover is used for clover growth and for grass growth. And how much nitrogen can the clover fix? So it depends, Catherine, on various factors. But, you know, we'd be quite comfortable in saying that um, in a in a well-managed sward, you can fix anywhere between 100 and 150 kilos of nitrogen per hectare. It's very much influenced by the amount of clover in the sward. So you ideally have, on average across the year, somewhere around 20-25% white clover. So, you know, that's going from a low in January, February of around maybe 5% to a peak in end of August, start of September of maybe 40-45%. It's also influenced by how much chemical fertilizer nitrogen 
is being applied. So if you think back to what I was saying about the fixation process, you know, it does take some energy, quite an amount of energy, really, for the bacteria to fix that nitrogen. So if it has it freely available in the soil from fertilizer, it will use that. Um, and so the amount that it's actually fixing will be reduced. Um, and the other thing is, you know, the plant, the clover plant does need need energy for growth. So uh, if you have good grazing management across your swards, you know, so you're not leaving the covers get too heavy before the cattle go in to graze them and you're cleaning them out to around four centimetres, you're getting plenty of light down to that clover plant for that photosynthesis, you know, from which we, the clover plant delivers the energy to the to the rhizobia to fix that nitrogen. So there's lots of factors, Catherine, that influences. Sunlight is another one, you know, obviously for photosynthesis, but in, in a, you know, if the weather is very, very dull, there's going to be less sunlight. Um, and if it's very cold, the bacteria isn't as active either. So there's lots of factors that affect it. Some we can't really control, but there is a lot that we can. So like ensuring we've good clover persistence and good grassland management are key things that the farmer can do to ensure that um, he's capitalizing on that, um, that the main benefit of having clover in his sward, that is nitrogen fixation. So I suppose, Georgia, maybe at the start, before even establishing white clover, what advice have you for farmers? Yeah, so I suppose, you know, have a think about, do you want to put the clover in? Um, where are you thinking of putting it in? So, you know, one of the things uh, any farmer should do is identify where they want to put the clover on their farm. Um, and there are a lot of things to look out for. So if you're considering over-sowing, um, you need good soil fertility, low weed burden, and a, a nice open sward. So probably a sward that was recently reseeded. If you're going doing a full reseed, again, you need to know, you know what soil fertility you have. Um, you need to fix your soil fertility or correct your soil fertility if it's not adequate. And again, make sure you get a good kill off um, and have, you know, a nice seedbed for putting in that clover. Then, you know, you need to select the clover um, type that you're going to put in. So uh, for cattle gray swards, we would recommend um, a medium leaved cultivar of white clover. Um, and then, you know, make sure you can put in the right sowing, sowing rate. The other thing that's really important, you know, when thinking about... Um, putting in clover into your sward is to be thinking about your grazing management, you know, to ensure that you get good persistence of that clover once it's established. So, you know, have you a paddock system in place? Uh, can you graze off the, the, the swards in two to three days once you put the, put the cattle into that paddock? Um, you know, are you on top of your grazing management? Are you comfortable with grazing management? You might need to think a little bit about the infrastructure. You know, do you know, have you uh, the paddock system, roadways and so on? Um, there, I suppose they're the main kind of things, Catherine, to be thinking about in terms of planning on getting clover into the swards. And you mentioned there the seed rates, Deirdre. What's the best time to oversow clover and what seed rates should it be sown at? Yeah. So really, Catherine, the best time to oversow, uh, you know, is around April uh, and early May. Going later reduces the chances of success with clover uh, in terms of getting a good establishment and also getting enough grazings on that clover for the rest of the year to help with its establishment going in to the following winter. So regardless of whether you're oversowing or receding, aim to do it as early as you can in the year. So April time, if at all possible. 
Um, in terms of sowing rates, so um, as I said, you'd want to select a medium-leaved cultivar of white clover for cattle gray swards. Um, and in terms of uh, reseeding, somewhere around three and a half to five kilos per hectare of medium leaf clover seed. Um, so up to two uh, kilos per acre. And then for um, over sowing, somewhere between four and six kilos of white clover seed uh, per hectare. So somewhere around two, two and a half kilos per acre in terms of in terms of over sowing. And can you talk through how you would go about oversowing clover? First is the selection of your paddocks. You know, as I said a while ago, make sure your soil fertility is good on those paddocks and that there isn't a, a heavy weed burden on them. If, if either of those two things, either soil fertility or weeds, are an issue, fix them this year, address those issues this year. And then next April, 12 months, be ready to go in with your, um, with your clover seed. And when you're when you're spraying off weeds just be aware that there is a a residue time for some of for a lot of the sprays that can be up to four months so just check that um basically what that means is if you were to go out now and um spray your paddocks you wouldn't be in a position to over sow them until july or so and at that stage really to get a good establishment it's too late so take your take your um you know take your soil samples this year deal with your weeds this year um, and address your soil fertility. So you want, <coughs> excuse me, index uh, three or four for P and K and you want your uh, soil pH over 6.2. Okay, so then select your, your clover seed um, and you can find out what clover seeds are available on the Department of Agriculture um recommended list um it's available on their website but generally the medium leafed cultivars that are available are chieftain buddy iona crusader and aberherald um they're the they're the they're the cultivars on the medium uh, on the recommended list as a medium leaf size uh then in terms of get, going into your paddock so as i said the best time to go is around april starting may Graze off the paddock as tight as possible. So really, really skin out that paddock so that there is no big amount of um, grass material on the on the paddock that you're going into. You could also, if you were taking a cut of bales early in May, you could you could go in after the cut of bales. Um, then you can either broadcast the seed or you can stitch it in. Now, we have seen... Um, from some of Mike Legan's on-farm uh, clover work that stitching in is much better than over-sowing, uh, sorry, than broadcasting. So with broadcasting, I mean using a fertilizer spinner. Um, so definitely for over-sowing, if you can stitch the clover in, um, that would be the best. Um, and then stitch in at the, at the rate that's recommended. So somewhere between four and six <clears throat> kilos of uh, white clover seed. Oversaw directly after grazing or that tight cut silage. Um, the advantage of stitching in is that you get good seed to soil contact, which is really important for germination. Um, and clover seed, you know, if you've ever handled a clover seed, it's tiny. It's like a full stop on a page. So, you know, to get that contact with the soil is really important for that plant to germinate. It only has a small amount of energy available in the seed. So it really needs contact with the soil. Uh, on germination so that so that it can start to send out a root system and it can establish 
what what fertilizer program would be recommended for after oversowing the clover? So we would be advising to possibly uh, skip that fertilizer round for the the round that you're putting out the seed, and after that, around half rate of fertilizer um, would be ideal, Catherine. So you know if you if you are putting out a bag, you can go with a half a bag, or if you're putting out ha- half a bag of urea protected urea go with a quarter bag protected urea so about half rate for maybe three rotations um but while the fertilizer nitrogen is important the post sowing management is absolutely critical because if you do not have good post sowing management your chances of ending up with with a well-established white clover sward are very limited so what I mean by post sowing management, and this this is for either a full reseed or for an oversown sward, is that you should go out and graze the sward as soon as um, the new plants are strong enough. So you're probably looking at going into the sward when there's maybe 900,000 kilos of dry matter per hectare on it. So quite a low herbage mass uh, and graze it out tight around four centimetres. So, you know, with a reseed, you might even go out a bit lower. You know, might be down around 600 kilos even. Um, graze it out uh, and come back again then frequently. So you might be coming back every 14, 15 days. You really shouldn't be leaving your cover on those paddocks. Go over about uh, 1,100 kilos of dry matter per hectare for certainly the next three rotations. So very, very low coverage, Catherine, on those swords. They do need a little bit of management to get that good establishment um <clears throat> excuse me ideally don't close them for first first cut silage or for bales at all in that first year after over sowing or reseeding and if at all possible close them a little bit later in the last rotation um just so that you're not carrying a very heavy cover on them into the winter and i suppose on that note you know because you have to manage the area that you're after over sowing um, I suppose don't be overly ambitious in the amount of area that you're going to be able to oversow in one year, because if you're to manage all the area adequately, um, you, you should probably be aiming, looking at maybe 25, 20, 25% of the area oversowed in a given year and maybe another five, 10% um, reseeded. I suppose that's key. The fact the covers are going to be grazed at eight or 10 centimetres and grazed down yeah. to four centimetres yeah. on each grazing. I suppose yep. a concern a lot of farmers would have, Deirdre, would be maybe the risk of bloat. How could yep. that be avoided? There is, I suppose, some risk of bloat. Um, a lot of farmers would be concerned about bloat. Um, but look, I think bloat can be managed. You know, it's not... So in Park, I, I appreciate it's dairy cows and not beef cattle, but we've had very, very limited occurrence of bloat on the studies the study here over the last nine years but I suppose key things that the farmer can do um, in terms of managing or reducing the risk of bloat is firstly to avoid switching between grass only and grass clover swords as far as possible I know that's not 100% uh, possible but so if if um, if a farmer decides to oversaw a percentage of the farm Catherine maybe he could assign a certain group of animals to that area of the farm. Remember in the first few rotations after oversowing your clover content's going to be low anyway, uh, because it's only establishing. But you know, if you could keep the same group of animals on those paddocks, that would probably help. Uh, but the other things are, if you can't, and that's not always possible, is don't um, have excessively low 
uh, post-grazing sward heights. By that I mean, don't be grazing the paddocks out really, really tight, particularly when clover content starts to increase. So you don't need to be grazing below four centimetres. Um, then the other thing is if cattle are going into a risky paddock, uh, you could give them a smaller allocation at first so that they're forced to eat the grass and the clover. Or you could um, give them a bit of hay or straw, um, you know, under the fence that just would get some extra fiber into the rumen. Uh, you can also use like uh, bloat oil in the in the drinking water um, that can help reduce the incidence of bloat. Um, and of course, you know, if you are worried, just keep an eye on the cattle for the first pr about three hours after they're after they're turned into a clover paddock. Um, so. The risk of bloat, I suppose, increases when you have a high um, clover content in the sward. Uh, the cattle are quite hungry going into the paddock, um, and it's wet, and the weather is wet because it's that clover is a low dry matter, and if you have a lot of water there because the weather is wet, that even brings the dry matter of what they're consuming down. But bloat is very manageable, Catherine, and you know I bloat shouldn't be the reason that farmers are put off um, putting clover into their swords just once they're aware that they may need you know to keep an eye on cattle or you know uh, when they go out first and make sure they're not really hungry going into a clover paddock that's great Deirdre and where can farmers get more information Chagas website there is information on um we will have clover. We'll have a clover stand at the at the Grange Open Day this year. Uh, there are a number of clover uh, walks taking place in April, Catherine. They'll be advertised on the Chagask website and on on Chagask social media. And um, the Grass Ten team are also putting together um, a, a clover booklet. So it's the management and establishment of grass white clover swords. Um, and I think that's going to be sent out to all Chagas clients in, in April. So there's loads of information available, Catherine. And, and even if anybody's listening, you know, they can always contact an advisory office or so on to get to get that booklet. Um, and again, as I said, the website, there's a lot of information on the Chagas website around Clover. That's great, Deirdre. Thanks very much. Some great tips and advice. Thanks, Catherine. That's all for this week's episode. And my thanks to Deirdre for joining me on the show. You can catch up on all other shows and interviews from the Beef Edge podcast on the Chagas website at chagas.ie or you can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe so you never miss a show. For all other updates from our Beef programme, keep an eye on our Twitter and Facebook pages. Until next time, I'm Catherine Egan and thanks for listening.